in Romans chapter 1 Paul is talking about the Gentiles and the judgment of God but when he comes to Romans chapter 2 Paul is making it very clear just because Jews had the law Paul is telling just because you possess the law or just because you are circumcised doesn't mean that you will be exempt from the judgment of god when a jew hears this any sincere jew if he had heard statements like this he would have told paul paul have you not heard this have you forgotten what god said to abraham because in genesis 17 9 and 11 then god said to abraham as for you you must keep my covenant you and your descendants after you for the generations to come this is my covenant with you and your descendants after you the covenant you are to keep every male among you shall be circumcised you are to undergo circumcision and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you paul don't you know we are special people we carry the sign given by god and paul have you forgotten what the jewish rabbis used to say you know the jewish rabbi said circumcised men do not descend into gehenna they also said circumcision will deliver israel from gehenna Paul understands all this and Paul is telling the Jewish person don't think circumcision is a magical ceremony that you will be exempt from the judgment because he says circumcision will not give you a shield from the judgment of God he says circumcision was no substitute for obedience that what that's what Paul is saying I have titled my message as an authentic Christian is a circumcised Christian an authentic Christian is a circumcised Christian let's rise to our feet for the scripture reading taken from the letter to the Romans chapter 2 verses 25 to 29 Romans chapter 2 verses 25 to 29 <clears throat> Romans chapter 2 25 Circumcision has value if you observe the law but if you break the law you have become as though you had not been circumcised if those who are not circumcised keep the laws requirements will they not be regarded as though they were circumcised the one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you for even though you have the written code and circumcision or a law breaker a man is not a jew if he is only one outwardly nor is circumcision merely outward and physical no a man is a jew if he is one inwardly and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit not by the written code such a man's praise is not from men but from god this is god's word kindly be seated The first thing Paul says in this passage is outward Christianity is dead Christianity outward Christianity is dead Christianity you know we always appreciate good people and we are we also strive to become good good people but have you ever realized that moralism in its own has no strength in itself from preventing or helping from sinning we can be good 
but we all know our own inner heart condition goodness alone cannot help us from overcoming our sinful nature you know religiosity has no power over selfishness greed anger you know this is a country of religions if religion really has power we should not be having murder in this country we should not be having fight quarrel so religiosity in itself has no power over our selfishness greed lust anxiety superiority complex so many divisions within the country so religiosity has no power so paul says christianity as a religion dishonors god he says in verses 23 and 24 you who boast in the law do you dishonor god by breaking the law as it is written god's name is blasphemed among the gentiles because of you you know when religious people when they boast about their law keeping and they continue to break the law the only people who don't see their flaws will be themselves when we tend to become more and more religious and we tend to observe more and more things we will not understand the flaws within ourselves if you find it very difficult uh, let me put it this way a religious person is not always attractive a religious person is unapproachable and we have religious persons within christianity in your workplace you know we we have had couple of people walking into this church and then we had some encounters with them uh, how is your work what's happening oh i don't talk to anyone in other words i don't allow anyone even to come near me yeah you should not allow anyone coming with wrong motives but you just don't want to even interact i want to keep myself holy their intentions may be good i want to keep myself holy but actually they are not approachable by their own colleagues in their workplace you know when we become religious we become self centered we become judgmental we keep judging others you know that person is like that you know that person is suffering because of this and we tend to become anxious religious person will always be anxious oh have i done something wrong you know it's like in the bible college they always quote the incident of one particular student in sabc if you had been through sabc they'll say that the moment a girl student comes in the opposite direction he'll hold his bible and say praise the lord and praise the lord and he'll walk that is religious that is religious he is not approachable i don't know how he is going to minister i don't know his story he is a religious person and that's what paul says outward christianity is dead christianity you know the we may think oh he is a good person great person but the because of his action the irreligious people or non christians they don't like the god whom we worship the god whom we worship non christians will not like they don't want that kind of god that kind of god who is ho- so holy he is not helpful he is not understanding he doesn't even want to talk with me no that's the that's the line of argument paul is saying he says you were called to be a light to the world the jewish people were called to be a light to the world you think of yourselves as bringing light 
to those who are in darkness yet the world finds your religion totally unattractive your religion is totally unattractive paul is saying that now he paul is saying can't you see something is wrong with your faith something is wrong with your faith because you were mandated to bring light to this dark world but people just hate your god because of the way you project your god you know we need to pose the same question to ourselves are we as a church and community or as individuals attractive in the place where god has kept us is our humility love in hard situations grace under pressure obvious for others to see what is inside of us will only come out and that's what they always quote the incident of paul and silas when they were in prison what was inside of them was to praise god and that's what it came up when we are under pressure the way we react it shows what is inside of us can we be gracious can we be loving you know we are called to be an advertisement for god each one of us has been called to be an advertisement for the god of the bible are we doing that and if you want to do it only the gospel produces churches and people who commend god to the world it is only the gospel that's why we are striving to become a gospel centered church it's only the gospel has the power to make a church or to make people to present their god attractive to the world so paul says outward christianity is dead christianity and then he goes on to say orthodox christians are dead christians orthodox christians are dead christians i am not referring to any group i am aware what's meant by orthodoxy what is meant by orthopraxy every christian is supposed to be orthodox in his doctrine and he is supposed to practice that in his life so i am aware of that but paul is saying something that orthodox christians are dead christians i am not associating the word orthodox with any group if you know certain groups it's fine but i am not associating or i am not even intending to criticize any group i am not called to do that but what paul is telling is you know paul is is bringing circumcision in his argument he says in verse 25 circumcision has value if you observe the law but if you break the law you have become as though you had not been circumcised you know paul understands that circumcision was a, is a ceremony by which a male jew was brought into the covenant community not only that paul was also aware of its divine origin it was not abraham's idea to be circumcised but rather god instructed him to be circumcised so paul is aware of that but what paul has observed amongst the jewish people is this very ceremony has become a sort of pride in the in the lives of jewish people so paul says you know cultural identity will not give you righteousness because we are circumcised people they say we are exempt from judgment we are holy people so the, he says cultural identity will not give you righteousness we have already seen in romans 1:16 and 17 when paul said i am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of god for the salvation of everyone who believes first for the jew then for the gentiles then he said for in the gospel the righteousness of god is revealed a righteousness that's by faith 
from first to last just as it is written the righteous will live by faith that is the verse which transformed the life of martin luther and paul says this cultural trademark will not save you from judgment you know if we think it is only the problem with the jewish people in fact we in the 21st century we also have cultural markers as mark of our righteousness you know first many people identify their faith by virtue of their birth if you talk to them i was born in a christian family do you know for how many generations we were christians hey you have no idea you know who is my father he is the founder pastor senior pastor bishop and you are teaching me about salvation you see this is the cultural marker just because i was born in a or nowadays in a christian family doesn't assure you of your salvation and if you try to reason out with them you see see all these things are fine they are very great you are most blessed to be born in so and so family but this will not help you in your salvation you need something more they'll they will either they will rebuke us and they'll say you have no idea about the bible we know what is meant by salvation they depend not on the righteousness that is revealed from god the righteousness of god but they depend on their birth that's the problem the jewish people also had because we were circumcised we have received righteousness not only that the second cultural marker if you have if you have interacted with people hey do you know to which church i go the bigger the size it is better they feel just you enter your big church your salvation is guaranteed you know like jewish people they took pride in their circumcision people take pride in church membership and if you want if you have to paraphrase whatever paul has been telling in these verses from 25 to 29 it goes like this this only counts for anything if there has been a real change in your life if your heart has been truly affected don't you know that you are not a christian if you are only one externally the real christianity is not about having confidence in external things no a christian is someone who is a christian inside what matters is inner baptism and this is a supernatural work not a human one when we depend on our cultural markers we may depend on christianity and leave christ from our lives that's what paul is telling in this place and this can happen in any church not a particular group of church it can happen in any church we can subscribe to correct biblical doctrines that's what is called as orthodoxy we can subscribe to correct biblical doctrines but the it that correct biblical doctrines will not guarantee any internal transformation we understand the gospel by intellectual assent we know we are sinners jesus came died on the cross so i asked jesus i am a sinner forgive me i we know that intellectual grasp is there with every one of us we sometimes we begin our journey with an intellectual grasp but we continue to live that's what paul is saying that it's not right if we remain there and paul is saying this form of christianity is outside out it never penetrates the heart what paul wants us he wants the true gospel faith which is inside out 
everything we do flows from who we are internally everything we do the way we use our time the way we use our talents with the way we use our treasure we are not doing in a legalistic way because we understand the gospel and what jesus has done for our lives and because of that we do not because of certain rules and regulations and paul is saying that remember christianity as a religion makes the church into a comfortable place for people who are insecure christianity as a religion makes the church into a comfortable place for people who are insecure you know we need to offer comfort but church is not meant only for comfort church has been mandated for higher purposes we'll get into that sometime later but i'll i'll just give you example how various churches they give this kind of assurance this kind of comfort uh, i i don't have any denomination in my mind when i'm going to just broadly i'm going to describe about the churches and if you have any denomination in your mind that's your problem and the problem of the church now the legalistic churches how they make you comfortable legalistic churches they have detailed codes of conduct and doctrine you know if you go to a legalistic church they'll keep telling you you're holier than other people because you are observing these doctrines you it could be dress it could be your the way you wear the way you do the way you associate whatever the legal doctrines makes you holy and they'll keep assuring you you will straight go to heaven because we follow orthodoxy we follow the right doctrines so for them the sound doctrines equals righteousness keep keep this verse romans chapter 1 verse 16 and 17 you know you know in 17 paul says for in the gospel the righteousness of god is revealed a righteousness that is by faith from first to last keep that in your mind so in a legalistic churches it is the written code the laws the regulations by which you have righteousness by doing certain things your life is pleasing to god so when you stand before god god don't you know what all i did your righteousness is based on your merit those are the legalistic churches now the second category of churches is power churches they put great emphasis on miracles and spectacular works of god you know you have to continually you have to be emotionally high as you step in there has to be supernatural things continuously have to happen those are the power churches in other words great emotions equal righteousness great emotions equal righteousness those are the power churches now i have given the name as mainline churches it don't take it uh, too far uh, because as just to explain it to you it's basically a sacerdotal churches i didn't want to use that word what happens in a mainline churches is we lay great emphasis on rituals and tradition a guilt ridden man when he walks into the church he stands in awe of the ceremony the priest the way he is dressed and the way he conducts the service and the way you have all the glasses all the paintings that beautiful architecture you know that's what happens in a liturgical church so following liturgy equals righteousness now listen to me carefully i have talked about i have talked about uh, legalistic churches i have talked about power churches i have talked about mainline churches okay there is nothing wrong there is nothing wrong in having a sound doctrine there's nothing wrong we should have correct biblical doctrines otherwise we'll become heret- heretical there's nothing wrong in having great emotions after all we are a pentecostal church 
There's nothing wrong in having great emotions. There's nothing wrong in having signs, wonders, and miracles. Otherwise, we will not be having a healing and deliverance service. There's nothing wrong in having signs, wonders, and miracles. There's nothing wrong praying in faith. Yesterday, we had dawn to dusk prayer. All through this year, we are going to intensify our prayer journey because we understand it is only through prayer the forces of darkness can be nullified. So there's nothing wrong praying in faith. These are all good things. There's nothing wrong. But what Paul is saying is, when these things replace righteousness of God, that is wrong. For Paul, it is Romans 1, 17, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as is written, the righteous will, the just, will live by faith. That is his key statement. You know, this is what uh, Richard Lawless says, he has written a good book, uh, The Dynamics of Spiritual Life. He says, much that we have Im interpreted as a defect of sanctification. You know, you, too often you hear the word, you know, we are not growing in our maturity or we are not growing in our spiritual life. He says, in church people is really an outgrowth of their loss of bearing with respect to justification. Let me put it in simple words. In other words, he says, when people don't understand the true meaning of salvation, they can never expect sanctification. We, keep, we give greater emphasis on sanctification, forgetting what happened on the day of sanctification, on the day of salvation. You know, how many of us truly realize what happened on the day of salvation? On the day of salvation, Jesus came and fought with the devil to rescue me from the clutches of evil one. He fought the war. That is why in salvation, I don't have strength, I don't have energy, I don't even have the will, but it is Jesus who rescued me from the clutches of the evil one by fighting literally with the devil at the cost of his life. And we... When we understand that salvation, he has not saved you and me so that we become comfortable in this church. Rather, we become warriors in this place. We, that's why the, you know, Paul says in Ephesians 3.10, the church has been mandated to declare the manifold wisdom of God to the rulers and authorities in the air. Are we doing it? I know these are disturbing questions. We have got used to our comfort. But Jesus never saved us so that we can sit comfortable. Jesus saved us so that we can partner with him in bringing people from the darkness into light. That's what Paul is saying. Every time there's a call for prayer, if you understand your salvation, you will throw your work and come there. Not because pastor is calling, because when you understand the price that Jesus paid for your salvation and my salvation. Lacks and lacks of people are perishing and we cannot keep dancing here. We have not been called to do that. We need to understand and that's what Paul is saying. An authentic Christian is a circumcised Christian. We cannot take this casually and Paul is telling... You know, a hallmark of dead orthodoxy is a lack of inner life. You know, salvation has to touch us from, the, from our heart. It's not enough. I know Christ. I know these verses. It's not enough. Those are outward rituals. What happens inner? You know, it's not that you come. You come even before the pastor comes and stand at the gate because that's where you feel the impulse. Your heart has been touched. Your salvation, you understand the true value of salvation. I'm ready to undergo this discomfort. You know, we can sing songs saying that, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided. No, 
we have not decided it costs us life from comfort zone we cannot follow jesus comfort is in fact is a replacement of god from our lives no ministry can be done when it is possible when everything goes fine nothing goes fine in this world because there is a devil who is against us any time you take a step for god there's a devil who is going to pull you back he is not going to sit quiet what paul is saying is it's not enough you just bear the sign you know you can just saying that i have been circumcised i have been baptized i have been i am a member of so and so church paul says it is not enough you know you need to have the reality oh if you have been baptized okay what happened on the day of baptism you need to have the reality in your life what is that reality it is not enough just you carry the signs but you need to have it's not enough you have the symbol you have been circumcised externally but what is the meaning of the circumcision you should have that that's what paul says you know you and i may be shocked but paul is not shocked when he says it is better to be an unbaptized believer than a baptized non believer paul is saying it is better to be an unbaptized believer than a baptized non believer and both are possible if you are honest with ourselves we can tell it paul is right we can be an unbaptized believer we can also be a baptized non believer that's what paul is saying just because you have been circumcised doesn't make you a member of the covenant community just because you are not circumcised doesn't exclude you from the covenant community go and read roman chapter 1 and 2 again and again you will realize just because they are gentiles even though their all law has not been revealed to them it's written on their heart and if they follow the follow the law in fact the gentiles will be judging you jews that's what paul is saying that's what the word of god is saying and paul says both are possible you know paul says you know you don't have to be a jew outwardly you have to be jew inwardly and he says it is circumcision of the heart by the spirit circumcision of the heart by the spirit and he gives a very clear picture as to what's meant by circumcision you know any circumcised heart is is inwardly it is softened and it is melted any circumcised heart to the extent we grow in our relationship one thing that happens is the heart of the flesh becomes heart of the heart of stone becomes more as a heart of flesh you know what paul says is a circumcised heart means to have an active prayer life not out of a sense of obligation or duty but out of love because there is a sense of the presence nearness and goodness of god god never leaves us but for us to come to that realization that is the circumcision of the heart which makes us aware of the presence of our living god with us always god is god is emmanuel god with us and it is the circumcision of the heart which makes us tell i am with god and god is always good no matter what happens in our life that is the goodness of god paul says outward christianity is dead christianity orthodox christians are dead christians i have never associated any group in my talk but what as a church we can become like a legalistic church we may call ourselves a pentecostal church there is every possibility we can become a legalistic church and we can become a part church we can become a mainline church 
if we don't take care to keep presenting the gospel message. We should always remain a gospel-centered church which brings the required balance in our church. We, that is why we want to be a gospel-centered church because it is only the gospel-centered church which will break the forces of darkness outside. Finally, Paul says, authentic Christians are circumcised Christians. Authentic Christians are circumcised Christians. None of us, including me, we would like to discover at the end of our life journey, standing before God and saying, God, I followed your biblical doctrines, you know, correctly. I was orthodox in my belief, O oh Lord. Oh Lord, I worshipped you. I glorified you. And then God says, yeah, you did everything, but spiritually you were dead. Is it possible? It is possible. That's what Paul says, it is possible. Because Paul says, you know, the need of the hour is, it's not the written code. It is not the law that is required. It is the spirit that is required. You need to be circumcised by the spirit. That's what Paul says. And Paul says that this cannot be done externally. The circumcision of the heart is a supernatural work. We need to desire this work. The supernatural work of the spirit. You know, what's meant by circumcision? Because God told the men among his people in the Old Testament to be circumcised as a way to show physically that they knew and trusted him and belonged to the people of God. I want all of us to pay attention to this particular point. Authentic Christians are circumcised Christians. I pray the Spirit of God will move in our midst today and touch and melt and soften our hearts as we meditate on this. It, is, it was also a way of acting out their acknowledgement that if they broke the covenant, they would deserve to be cut off from God and have no descendants. You know, in verse 29, Paul says, circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code. So it is worth asking. You know, when we say Paul, Paul, if it is, if it is all about internal work, where is the hope? And you know what's Paul's answer? Paul says circumcision. Paul, till now he said, just because you are circumcised, don't think you are exempt from God's judgment. And now Paul is saying, Paul, if you say it is not the written code, it is by the Spirit, then where is the hope? And Paul's answer is circumcision. Why does he say that? So what does circumcision signify and why circumcision? We all know that circumcision was not, as far as the Bible is concerned, in the Bible it's clearly it was not Abraham's idea. And Paul knew it was a, it was divine origin. Divine, God gave Abraham that commandment, you shall be circumcised. So it was, it was a clear thing that it came from God. So what is the symbolism of circumcision? You know, it was a visual sign of the penalty for breaking the covenant. It was a visual sign. You know, in the ancient times, people didn't take a pen and they didn't have a paper and they signed. Uh, like we go to the registrar's office and we sign and we seal an agreement or any, any uh, trade. They didn't do that. So the procedure they had is they acted out. See, if I don't follow this, let this happen to me. Let this curse happen to me. Uh, in the ancient times, they had the system of just taking a handful of mud and just putting it over their head. I have played this as a small boy. I don't know how many of you have played this game. 
uh, it is a small children. We take mud and if I don't do this and we say, see, see, I'm putting this mud on my head. In other words, let me become like dust. Now, after all, we are apartment people. We don't even touch mud. So uh, we may not be knowing that. That is the way they acted out. That's the, an agreement has been made between you and me. If I don't keep this word, then let me become like dust. So otherwise they'll bring an animal, cut into two pieces, and then they'll say, if I don't keep my word, you can cut me into two pieces. That is the way they kept the agreement. And that's where we go back to Genesis chapter 15. We have seen this in one of the sermons. And I'll just quickly recap. And the Lord said to Abraham, bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abraham brought all this to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other, the birds, however, he did not cut in half. Uh, you know, basically, the smaller party is supposed to walk. Now, God is making a covenant with Abraham. So who is the smaller party in this case? Abraham. You know, it is always a king and the subject makes the agreement or a, a king who has taken over the another country, he makes this agreement and when they make the, the defeated king will walk through these animal pieces. Now God told Abraham, you cut it into two pieces. And ideally, Abraham was supposed to walk in between those two pieces. But instead of that, as you read this passage, you will understand, Abraham went to sleep. And then by evening, when he woke up, you know, he saw in verse 17, when the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. In other words, God says, if this commandment is not, this covenant, if you cannot keep the rule, it is rather my body will be cut into two pieces. What God was saying to Abraham, if you want to be in relationship with me, you need to be circumcised as a sign to you and everyone that if you break covenant, you will be cut off completely. That is the meaning of circumcision. You will be cut off completely, cut off from others, cut off from life, cut off from me. You really will be circumcised. Real circumcision, that it was only a symbol of what they did. The real meaning of circumcision is you will be cut off from others, cut off from life, cut off from me, you really will be circumcised. Now who walked in between? Who walked in between the pieces? God. And the Jewish person is asking, Paul, Paul, who can keep the law? Who can keep the law? If nobody can keep the law, if nobody can keep the law, how can God have his people? You can never have God's people because nobody can keep the law. And Paul says, this circumcision has already happened. This circumcision has already happened and all Christians have been circumcised. And then Paul, while writing to the people in Colossae, they were not Jewish people, they were Gentile people, they were not circumcised, they were uncircumcised. And Paul says in Colossians 2.11, in him you were also circumcised, in putting off the sinful nature, not with circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ. 
I pray, I also pray, Lord, help me to understand little more the circumcision. What my God did for me. Lord, move my heart, grip my heart. And this is what Jesus did for you and me. Paul says, you have already been circumcised in Christ. So what was the cost of that circumcision? Too often we sing this song, I will never know how much it costs to see my sin upon that cross. You know, when what happened on the cross, Jesus was circumcised. Jesus was circumcised. What was foretold in Genesis happened on the cross. If you don't keep the law, you will be circumcised. You will be cut off from people. And we see in Mark chapter 15, 34, and at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, Jesus was cut off from his father. He was circumcised because we did not keep the law, we did not keep those regulations, Jesus was cut off. Jesus, God, walked through those two parts of the animal. When Abraham laid those two parts, God walked through and now that God is being circumcised because I did not keep the law. Not only he was forsaken by the father, he was cut off from the living land. Let's go back to Isaiah chapter 51 and in 53 verse 8 it says, By oppression and judgments he was taken away. And who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living for the transgression of my people, he was stricken. He was cut off from the land of the living. He was cut off from his father. He received the punishment for us. Our Christian life begins from here and derives its strength from here, derives its motivation from here, derives its encouragement from here, derives its power from here. Not in observing certain rules and regulation. Jesus was circumcised. He was bearing the curse of covenant breaking. Have we really understood? Do everything from what has happened on the day of salvation. What happened on the day of salvation? Jesus the Son of God, the one who existed before the creation of the world. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. About whom it was foretold long, long ago, right from Genesis, you see about Jesus. This historical man, God becoming a historical person, coming and dying in your place and my place. Do you think our comforts are so important? If we have understood the salvation, do you think our job is so important? Then fulfilling the divine commission? Do you think my family is so important than the salvation? I can never repay my God for what he did for me on the cross. I can never repay. When I understand how he was circumcised, he was cut off from the land of the living. The one who created this land, he was cut off from the land of the living. God was just. He was the righteous judge. He didn't overlook sin. For the wages of sin is death and that death penalty was paid in Jesus. Are we religious? Are we gospel-centered? When you have the 24 hours time, are you using it in a way that you can honor the gospel? When you have 
the treasures every month you get pay do you use that money to honor that god the gospel or are you sitting and calculating when you have the talents do you think you are doing a favor in the kingdom of god no 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 none of us can repay for what jesus has done i am not doing a favor if i have let my job and i've come it's not a favor it's a privilege to serve this king of kings who are circumcised for me it's a privilege let it be any designation nothing matters nothing matters because he gave his life to save me he brought me from the clutches of the darkness from the evil one if today if there is sanctification taking place it's because of the salvation i cannot say i'm helpless over evil because he has rescued me and he has given me power he has not only given me power he has also given me power to go and preach out this gospel so that others can come out from their darkness the power is in the gospel this power is in the gospel god is calling raising up a gospel centered community here to break the forces of darkness in this place let the prayer house be filled when you are called to pray don't take it lightly no work is so serious that you cannot come and pray in the presence of god if you understand the gospel i am not making it rules i am not saying that you have to do these things so that god will bless you no we are we don't we don't get blessings because i do these things he is a god of blessing both religious people and irreligious people will be blessed by god he is a good god but if you understand the true meaning of salvation that salvation will force you come here at 8 o'clock pray he gave his life to rescue you and me don't come here at 9:50 because the church is at 10 o'clock let's plead cry out if you and i don't cry out it's because we have not understood the salvation we have not understood the broken body of jesus the blood that was shed for us we cannot play with that then we sing he was trampled like a crib in a rose that's what we do that's what unknowingly knowingly we do today i pray the spirit of god will convict me convict all of us what jesus did for us on the cross what jesus and he has raised up a community in this place each one is precious in god's sight you are here with the divine assignment throw away all the worldly assignments to fulfill the divine assignment so that on the day you stand there he will give you the crown we are not here to save money we are here to invest all the money that all that we can do to spread this good news when we are saved what happens is the spirit of god takes the circumcision of the sin and applies on us that's why i said all authentic christians are circumcised christians the day we are saved truly genuinely saved the spirit of god takes that circumcision of the son places it on us and god when he looks at us he sees the circumcision of jesus christ he was cut off from the land of the living he was forsaken by god the father he has already paid the punishment for my sin so when i stand before god my penalty has already been paid because the circumcision of jesus is on me and then god says i delight in you i rejoice in you you know i don't need to have approval from people in this world because god has already approved i don't have to go running after people hey hey see i have done a good thing no no god is there god says it's not your good things it is the righteousness that you have received because of what jesus did on the cross and if that doesn't transform our inner life i don't do these things because i know what jesus paid for me 
unless that internal transformation comes about in our lives. That's what he says in Romans chapter 229. He says, circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code. Such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. We are looking for praises and accomplishment in this world. What we need to look for is, I need to receive praise from God. I need to receive praise from God. That is what is vital in this place, in this world. So what are the marks of an authentic Christian? What are the marks? The first mark of an authentic Christian is, you know, it is not something outward and visible, but inward and invisible. When you are an authentic Christian, you can tell whether the Spirit of God is working in your life or not. Whether you are able to overcome your anger, whether you are able to overcome your greed, whether you are able to overcome your lust, whether you are able to overcome your selfishness, whether you are able to help others, you will be able to tell because it's purely an internal work. It is not the pastor who can tell. It is not the church which can tell. Each one of us, if you are honest before God, we will know whether that circumcision has taken place in our lives or not. Second, the true circumcision is in the heart, not the flesh. It has to begin in the heart and it is not in the flesh. The third, it is affected by the spirit not the Lord. That's why we need to plead, cry, desire. Oh God, I want to be circumcised. I want the circumcision of the heart. Oh God, I desire because I cannot do it. We cannot do it. The desire, the hunger for God, I cannot create, but I can make myself available, being in certain places, but I myself, I cannot create. Because man, because of his sinful nature, his desire towards the worldly things are stronger than towards God. But we have been made for God. In between, the devil comes and misdirects us towards other things. Finally, it wins the approval of God rather than human beings. Remember, human beings are always comfortable with what is outward, what is visible, what is material, and what is superficial. Human beings are always comfortable with those things. But what matters to God is a deep, inward, secret work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Will you desire that? Spirit of God, work in me. Authentic Christian will look for praise, not from other people, from God. We can always do things so that everybody will say, what a great person you are. But it's very difficult to do things when nobody is watching us. We find in this, we are, we are a blessed community. Let me t tell you that. We are a blessed community. I find there are people who come and do work quietly. Sunday after Sunday, without my telling, without even telling them, without even appreciating what they are doing, they come Sunday after Sunday with their headache, with their leg ache, with their back ache. They come and they serve. And I'm sure God is watching them and God will reward them. We need to come to that place where we don't look for praise from other people, but from God. Let's never think that I'm doing a favor to God. We can never do any favor to God after you have understood how Jesus was circumcised for our lives. Nothing, nothing. What can we do in return for what Jesus has done for us? I want to make two quick applications. Have you experienced people rejecting God because of the hypocrisy of those who say they are his people? Have you seen in your workplaces people say, you know, they're Christians. Oh, they simply talk. They simply talk. Have you seen people saying like that? If that's the case, how can you use your own life to recommend God? You and I are an advertisement for God. You and I are an advertisement for God 
because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Because of his circumcision, you and I are an advertisement for God. Do whether your life recommends your God to others. If wherever God has positioned us, placed us, whether we recommend God to others. God has given you opportunity. God puts you in difficult situations, circumstances, but do you spread that light? Second, meditate on the circumcision Christ underwent on your behalf. How does this move you to praise him and love him? Take some time and meditate. The one thing that you don't get in this world is you have money, you have a house, you have you have everything that you desire, but you don't have time to sit in the presence of God. Make it a habit to sit in the presence of God. It is you and God. Let your soul learn to commune with God. And just meditate in that moment what Jesus did for you. He has fought the battle to rescue you from the clutches of the evil one. Today, if there is any goodness in us, today, if there is any inclination to overcome evil, that's because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Today, if I don't like certain things I do or I used to do, it's because of what Jesus did on the cross. He alone can make me change from my inner being, from the core the laws, the regulations cannot change us. Shall we look to the Lord in prayer?